0: It's an Shield football podcast uh, next episode. Uh, we welcome Wesley McGrath. Wesley, how are you, mate? You OK?
1: Yeah, all good, thank you. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to this one. Um, it's nice for me sometimes to be on the other end of podcasts. I've been doing a few um, recently where I've been, you know, sort of in a little bit of host or co-host mode. So it's quite nice to um, yeah, be on the other side of a podcast for a change. Um, but, yeah, no, like I say, really, really looking forward to this one.
0: Good, yeah. Relax a bit, and we ain't got nothing too uh, too scary to ask. Yeah, we just (laughs) relax, chat, relax, chat. (laughs) Um, No, it's good to have you here. Um, Thanks for coming on. Obviously, Um, first of all, I was going to ask you about obviously. So you're the co-owner. Oh no, sorry, you're the owner and founder of the Kick Off Football Academy in Milton Keynes.
1: Yes, yes, I am
0: Uh, co co-owner, sort of co-founder of uh, of Kick Off Football Academy, Milton Keynes.
1: So um, yeah, we are currently. Working with lots and lots of boys and girls um, within within the Milton Keynes area, um, and yeah, just trying to do my bit um, and give a little bit back to to my local community, basically, and um, and yeah, trying to help um, sort of the players of tomorrow, if you like, um, and try wow. and help them develop and and grow as, as best and, and as much as they
0: can, really. Nice, oh, good. Well, where did the idea from come from of, of sort of starting your own academy there? Yeah, so it's quite an interesting story and quite an interesting journey.
1: Um, I come out of of university, um, and I had a a job at, at MK Dons in the in the Sport and Education Trust, um, and was working with another um, local coaching company as well, um, Martin White Football Factory. Um, and I owe a lot to Martin White um, as well. I think if it wasn't for you know, for him, um, you know, I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. So very, very thankful to him because he was the one that gave me my first break and opportunity in coaching. Um, so yeah, come out of university and you know, it's, it can be quite difficult and quite tricky to land almost your, you know, your full time job sort of straight away. Um, and I think people that know sort of coaching, it's unsociable hours, um, and stuff like that. So, um I sort of set about trying to to do something i I kind of bought, started something out of frustration really i've seen a lot of uh videos on online that i personally didn't agree with and didn't think was what you would class as good coaching yeah. um so and it just it just got to me in the end and i was there like look i have to do something about this because it's eating me up inside That's um true. and and what i thought people were being exposed to good coaching and it was just like you know, how many times do we see on, on Instagram in particular, you know, kids doing chops and turns, you know, four Croy turns, stick one in the top corner. I never as a player, I never ever did that on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and you know, what I had done was, and I've been fortunate to play in near enough every outfield position when I when I was a player. Um, so I set about trying to do something a bit more on a one-on-one basis with players and being like, right, okay, well. Here's what we're going to do with you. So if I'm working with a winger, it's to receive the ball, drive down the line, cut inside, shoot. You know, standard practice that you you would argue that a winger a winger would do on a Saturday. Um, so I yeah. set about doing that and um, landed a, a job role whilst this was going on um, up in back up in Manchester and thought, right, I'll I'll do a few little sessions. You know, um, obviously I got my job coming up, so you know when I feel like the time's right, I can just sort of. Bob it off. No one will really no one will really notice. Um, and that was that was that. But my gosh, how wrong was I? Because interest started growing and and stuff like that. So um as as my name started to get out there a little bit more, I think I started getting and working with more players on a one-on-one basis. So it made life a little bit tricky. Um, you know, I was coming back for weekends, I had my full time job in Manchester, I was coming back at weekends. Um, and still working on the on a Sunday and then going back up to back up to Manchester Sunday night. so um and then I think obviously the the main cliche, I think, if you like, is Covid happened. um and then off the back of that, things just for me, I would say really, really took off. So um off the back of that started with um obviously just working one on one with players. we started getting and I was starting to work with a load more um you know I ended up with a couple of partnerships coming out of it one with uh Willan Football Club which is a local grassroots club in Milton Keynes so we run their we run their mini kickers program on a Saturday morning um I ended up with a partnership with Jack Collison Soccer Schools um to do to do holiday camps um and, and stuff like that so yeah Covid was was the biggest blessing because it gave me the opportunity to assess what I was doing and what I could do moving forwards um and yeah, like I say, it's just year on year, just built and grew, and 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 now we're we've got partnership with Newport Pagnell Town to run their their kickers and and Wildcats uh, sessions. Um, we've got our own academy now, um, which you know we was at a tournament in Oxfordshire um, recently, and considering we don't we're not in the JPL or anything like that, so we don't play games regularly. Um, no. But to go there and and really compete. I think with setups that do play JPL or grassroots teams that play every week, um, you know, was, was really, really good. And I think even, you know, with the under 12s, we had some under 11s playing up and, you know, I was getting feedback from parents saying, you know, as we've had parents coming up to us saying like, what league do you guys play in? And yeah. I'm there like, wow, that was, that was the biggest, I think it's probably up there with the proudest moment I think I've had as a as a coach in my time I've been coaching the best part of 10 years now and that was that was the one for me because to get that recognition um was was something that it it makes those those hours that you're putting in that hard work um it kind of makes it all all worth it for me so yeah really interesting journey I think I've started one-on-ones about what six years ago now so um yeah like I say I, I never thought I would have my own my own business and my own you know, sort of private football um, business or academy. But like I say, things have just built and grew that it's just meant that it's it sort of happened and, you know, we've explored opportunities
0: along the way. Nice. I used to be a madman to uh, start a business in COVID, <laughs> but not many people got away with it. But obviously, yeah. you've done very well out of it. Yeah. Um. Like, what's your day to day role then? Obviously, you've got academy stuff in the evening. I know academies, my boy plays, it's all evenings, um, yeah. obviously, and then the yeah. weekends. But I mean, I assume this is your full-time job now.
1: Yeah, so um, I had another job as well. Actually, whilst I was running the business, unfortunately, I'm not I'm not there anymore. But I was a PE teacher at a, at a primary school in Milton Keynes as well. So I was literally doing that Monday to Friday, and then as I called it, the fun stuff would take over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, and and stuff like that. So everybody at the at the school I was at used to think, "Where's well, your mad? Like, how on earth do you do this?" Because I was working seven days a week. Yeah. Um, cause I do all my one-to-ones on a Sunday. So, um, yeah, we had obviously the mini kickers on a Saturday and then, um, you know, a- a- as well. So yeah, it was, um, it was good. Um, I enjoyed it, but it, it just felt like there was a, um, there was a time that I needed to really devote and devour to, um, to the business and trying to get it to grow and build. Um, I think, you know, since September, again, we've had the Newport Kickers and, and Wildcat sessions, which have been going really, really well. Um, we've managed to get an after-school session in with, um, with a local sports centre as well. So we took over the running of that and, and steadily um, built and grew that in terms of numbers as well. So it's about, I think, for me, day-to-day, if I'm not out, Um, coaching or assisting and kind of overseeing things it's then about okay what can we do to try and drum up more business and new business as well whilst whilst looking after our current um, clientele and making sure that, that they're happy it's you know looking into modern trends especially with the academy side of things you know modern trends that are happening in football obviously now you see the modern trend of the inverted fullback and fullbacks playing into midfield um, you know, before then it was probably your inverted wingers, so wingers coming into the pitch, um, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's I think I mean sport and football in particular ever changing all the time. So, um yeah, I think now I've got a, a bit more time on my hands. Um, it allows me to be able to to do those kind of things. Um and I also um co-host a podcast as as well I'm a big Spurs fan as you can probably see by all the all the stuff in the background so uh yeah I co-host that on a on a Wednesday um on a Wednesday night so um yeah I've been very very grateful um to, to somebody for giving me the opportunity to go a little bit more in depth with um tactics and tactical analysis on on different subjects as well um so yeah that's kind of what I'm up to sort of during the day really. Nice,
0: nice. So, i say you're overseeing things as well then. Um, like you said, you're the owner. How many sort of coaches have you got working for you at the minute?
1: Uh got a small um, pool of coaches. Um, we've got some that sort of cross over between um, one-on-ones and, and group sessions and I've got one real sort of specialist um, one-on-one coach. That's sort of all he... All he does, and then yeah, obviously with the mini kickers, there's a a small team on at the Willand site, small team over at the Newport site, um, just making sure obviously that we're we're doing everything that we need to do and making sure that sessions are running smoothly, and especially at that age, you know, kids are having fun and they're enjoying, um, and playing football, um, and and yeah, there's a couple that again assist me on uh with our group sessions. So we have a skill center, um, which usually takes place on a Monday night, um, for more like beginners um and things like I used to get loads and loads of inquiries with regards to it but never really had anything for them. Um so yeah, trialed it last year um in the towards the summer and yeah we found it it worked and it was quite an enjoyable environment to be in because there was absolutely no pressure. Um, you know, for us if a kid does a drag back and perfects it then we're we're happy. Um you know if they yeah, can perfect the no. the technique of a Cruyff turn again, you know they're happy because they've learned something new. We're happy because we've taught them the right technique. Um, so yeah, we've had that, and then obviously, like I say, the academy is. There's only a few of us. We're we're a fairly small team um, with the academy side of it. Um, but yeah, things are steadily again keep building and and growing as as we go.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, so obviously, your little kickers. Then what sort of age is that? What sort of age do you have kids start? Uh, probably
1: the youngest we would have is about four um with right. a, so it's that sort of key four to six um age group um and I think for me that's probably the the ages where you're more likely to learn your how to so how to do you know your scissors your step over turns your drag backs your your flip flat all these sort of skills like that's for me is really where you learn how to do them um You know, within my time doing one-on-one coaching and some of my other coaches as well, I'd have discussions with them and we'd find that we'd get a player. Don't get me wrong, like players obviously start their footballing journey at different times, but, you know, you're looking at like an 11, 12 year old and it's like the technique and the way they're trying to perfect a particular skill wasn't quite right. So again, that was another idea behind the skill centre. It was, you know, you're speaking to the parents and it's like, oh, how long have they played football? Oh, they've not played football that long. Um or yeah, they have, but you know, COVID meant they couldn't really get out and practice yeah. um, you know, skills and things like that. So again, the idea behind the skill centre was just to give that environment that allowed um young players really to just come in, um, learn new skills, have some fun along the way and and go home uh, and go home happy.
0: Yeah, nice. Nice. Obviously you said you got a small group of coaches, yeah, but like in regards to players, how how wide is that, that number? I would probably say on a
1: week. I would probably say we're looking at about one hundred and fifty, um, as a rough number. Um, again, it's just building and growing every, every day. You know, I'm getting inquiries left, right, and centre for one-on-ones, or you yeah. know, some people wanting to come and join join our academy, um, and and stuff like that. I mean, the academy side of it, I think we've got. I would probably argued about just under a hundred kids in there across different age groups um so again that's that's built and grew massively i think we're into our third year running it as a whole um because i did rebrand um in 2023 um so yeah i'd say it's coming into our third year now and yeah we're we're moving in a really really good direction like i say we're now going to tournaments and competing with jpl teams and, and grassroots clubs um who are training more regularly playing more regularly than us you know we're Training once a week and getting fixtures, you know, as and when we can. Um, yeah. We are looking into building a our fixture program. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, people don't want to get back to me on it, so it can be really frustrating in um, yeah, in that yeah. regard. Um, but yeah, no, like I say, we're we're building and growing each each year and and you know all the time. So we're we're doing some good things. I look at some of our age groups and it's like if we could um you know we've probably got enough for for two groups but then it's the selling point then of selling it to parents of okay your child is then going to move into this particular working group and that can be quite a difficult a difficult sell um because parents will look at it and go well why is my child with that group and not with this group over here yeah um, you know, we've 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 had a couple of fixtures before where we've taken a, a large age group or an age group with large numbers, should I say, and we've split them, and we've had to reiterate to them um, and parents as well. Like, look, we're just splitting them to give them an opportunity to play. It's not, you know, to do with ability or or, or anything like that. It's purely, you know, we've had this opportunity to play. We're going to try and maximise it um, and make sure that you know the players are are enjoying playing together
0: um and and developing in, in the way that we want them to. Nice. Um uh, obviously you say you've been in these tournaments and, and bits and you haven't got any teams in the, the JPL league. Is there a plan to put some teams in there in the future? Um potentially. Um
1: it was very much at the forefront of my
0: thinking
1: when I thought about doing a, an academy or development centre. Um but then what I did was I tried to sound out some parents who I would sort of look at and want their, obviously their child to try and come along with us. Um, the feedback that I got was that, okay, whereas if they're going to come to you, they, I need them to, I want them to play for their grassroots team. And if they can't play on their grassroots team, then, um, you know, they're not coming to you. So yeah, there's, there's, there is an idea there um, and it's something we might look into, but I think at the moment, I think we are, pretty happy with what we've got and the direction that we're going in. The, the only downside is I then get asked all the time by some of the parents that are watching, it's like Wes, can you take these boys every week on a Saturday um, or can you take over the, the team that my son plays for and I'm there like well I've got a little bit too much to juggle unfortunately so uh yeah I can't I can't do it um I'd love to be able to to give that side of it back but unfortunately I I can't and like I say I get asked all the time um if you've had a grassroots like would you take over a grassroots team where it's like (laughs) you know they're, they're trying to sound me out but um yeah it's uh yeah it's an interesting one and like I say it's something that you know who knows in the future we might we might look at um and, and see where we go from there.
0: Yeah. Do you think parents forget that sometimes that like a coach isn't just a coach and have got a, a life outside of football? Oh hundred percent.
1: Um i I think I'm quite lucky though. I think the parents that I come into contact with are good people as well. Um but I guess it's it's the thing of you know they're seeing how their child is developing in the environment that Not only myself, but the other coaches give them um, and they see how they're doing and they're like, "Okay, I want more of this because they're seeing a completely different version of their of their child. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we've had we've had girls that have come here that have come to us. um, You know, there's one that was that was at Oxford at the time. She's now at Arsenal and um, would speak to her mum and it was like, "Where's she just I just love her coming to, to you on a Friday and I was like oh thank you but like is there any particular and she's like yeah my daughter's just a different player like she's just free there's just no pressure on her all the time yes we want her to succeed and do well but there's not that right that fear factor for her um you know and it was like okay um then she tried to get her husband to come down and and see a session and yeah he he eventually came down and was on the phone to his wife going yeah I I get what you mean now yeah she's completely different she's completely different um so yeah I didn't Why why was he
0: so reluctant to come down
1: (laughs) I don't know why I mean I was trying to get him down as well to be fair at one point (laughs) um but yeah it was just that that thing of yeah I get it um and you know parents recently have said like you know, again, my boy is just a different, a different person, a different player. There's that confidence, that that swagger to come onto the pitch and and do what they, what they know that they can do. And I think, especially as you get old, as we work with the older age groups, for us, it's not so much about coaching them so much. It's more managing and guiding them because they know bits about the game already, and it's just managing what they can do and, and and stuff like that so that's what I found a lot especially like working with the younger age groups what you'd probably argue foundation phase is more coaching um, and teaching whereas then if you move into like those YDP um age groups that's sort of 12 to 16 it's not so much coaching it's more managing and, and guiding um a- along the way that's not to say that you don't do that in in the foundation phase but um, yeah, from what I from what I've come across, um, yeah, like I say, and I think the the level of play that we get is is pretty decent as well, to be fair. So, you know, we've got that's half the battle for us straight away. And it's just about managing them and just giving them little little subtle points uh, along the way to be like, okay, in this situation, if it occurs again next time or when you get the ball next time as a winger, go at your fullback in a certain way or you know, midfielder like, right, don't forget. Check your shoulders before it's coming. Can you see both the goals before you receive the ball? Um, you know those little bits of detail is pretty much all 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 they need. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's been quite nice um, to to have that as well.
0: Nice. Right. Have you had any any kids that have uh, gone on to sort of bigger and better things? You mentioned there, the girls gone to Arsenal. Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, girl-wise, we
1: are <laughs> we're smashing it. I think. <laughs> Um oh, yeah. we've got girls at we've got girls at MK Dons, Tottenham, Arsenal, Villa, Leicester. Oh, um, so so from and Watford as well. So from that side of things doing really well. I think boy-wise, um, you know, we've got we've got one who's um been training with Northampton Pre-Academy, Leicester Pre Academy, Dons Pre Academy, um, another boy at Leicester as well. I mean, that kid is absolutely frightening. Like I've never seen I've never seen a kid that young just be so naturally gifted at football like it's, it's freakish to think okay. um you know the things that he can do with a football at his age is yeah is scary um and then we've had one boy as well that's uh that was come to us on our on our camps and and had some one-on-one sessions with us at the sign for Luton um oh, no. as well he got he got picked up at a, at a tournament in the summer um so yeah that was uh that was a big moment i think for us it was the first boy that we've really had that's i wouldn't say made it but gone into um an academy environment um it's a it's a small milestone i think for us um but again a bit more ratification and of what we're doing is is working so um yeah like i say girl wise we're 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 doing really well and we get quite a high level of girl player coming in um yeah. to us especially for, for one on ones and, and holiday camps and stuff like that um yeah it's just it's just the boys' turn I think to to catch up and um try and get us try and get us somewhere. But you know we've had we have had some boys go on trial at Northampton. Um we've had we've I think we've got a few in their sort of development uh centres as well in their sort of shadow squads. Um so I think we've got three at under 10, um one at under nine As well, and get that under nine kid as well. Might if I could describe him, it's just a Swiss Army knife of a footballer. Like you (laughs) tell him, you tell him to, you tell him to go in goal when he's diving about like he's an absolute cat. You put him at the back, nobody gets past him. You put him in midfield, he dominates the game. You put him up top, he bags a hat trick. And it's like, is there anything? Is there anything this kid can't do? Um so yeah, but and, and it's quite interesting actually because he's the fur his age group now under nines is the first cohort of the Will and mini kickers that I had oh, nice. um as well. So it's been really nice to see not only his journey but their journey now. Um and like I say they're they're under nines now, so it's like next year under tens and it's like they, they're getting they're they're getting a bit old for, for my liking. They need to they need to slow down a little bit.
0: What what's what's the maximum age you love?
1: Uh Academy wise, for some bizarre reason, I don't know why this is, um, we only go up to under 14. We don't tend to work with players any older than that. I don't know why. Like, I seriously don't know why. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that's that's happened. Um, and obviously now as we you know hopefully continue for for many years to come. You know, hopefully, parents will, will stick with us, and we can have and we can go right the way through, sort of at least up to under sixteens, um, and and stuff like that. Um, one to one wise, you know, I've worked with kids as young as sort of six. We don't tend to do them any younger than that. Um, and I've worked with, you know, adults. And um, there was a girl that I worked with who's now playing for Cambridge, uh, Cambridge United Women's team. Um, she starred on the first series of the ultimate goal um, series that was on BT um, oh, where oh. it was a bit like a uh, football icon. Um, I don't know if you remember that show um, where they got like loads of young sort of lads in training camp. I think it was at Chelsea um, and like the football's next star that was at Inter Milan. So it was a little bit similar to that, but it was a right. girl's version um, and that was done at St. George's park. Um, oh, no. So yeah, there was a, there wasn't just her there was a couple of other girls that were also on that show and I'm there like you know looking around and going hold oh, well, on I know like half the girls that are on um, here <laughs> you know one way or another so um, but yeah no it was uh, it was good and I think the last session I did with her actually I just you know casually chatting and just saying like oh have you got any got any plans up to much like coming up and she was like yeah yeah I'm off to St George's Park so <laughs> I'm there, like all right okay like what's for this about because I sent her the link to go and apply for it and um yeah she turned around and said oh you know that link that you sent me i was like yeah yeah, yeah. said well i've got in and i was like oh <laughs> i me, mean, like bloody hell um so yeah watched it like literally i religiously watched that first series of ultimate goal it was like right at this time don't talk to me because i've gotta have gotta watch this um so yeah no that was uh that was a really good really good series so yeah like i say i think academy wise up to under 14s at this stage um and one to one wise, you know, I'm open to kind of any age really.
0: Yeah, nice. What does the future hold there for for your academy there? Are you just looking to expand further? Are you gonna take their majors a bit higher? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you know, I've got I've
1: got my dreams, my goals, my aspirations. You know, I want I want people to come and sort of see that, you know, every Friday night the Astro is absolutely buzzing with energy and with with people with players and 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 stuff like that so we're doing we're doing all we can um especially obviously in the younger age groups a bit more so i think it's a bit easier um for us to recruit at younger age groups because they don't have that thing of being at a don Set or a northampton or a luton um you know like oh yeah well we've heard all this spiel before you know we've been at this set up for say three years nothing's really happened are you going to be the same as um and don't get me wrong I've had those conversations with people before um and it's a it's an even harder sell at this at that point um whereas younger ones they haven't like I said they haven't got that baggage um so we we can come in and be like look we we love you know little Louis for example and we we think there's something there and we'd love just love to work with him a little bit more if we can make that happen and um, yeah, like I say, it's it's just about us building and growing as much as we can. You know, why can't we have two groups for, for each age group one day? Like why can't that be why can't that be a possibility? Why can't that be a reality? I know we've got quite a lot of competition, um, not only with Don Set or Northampton, um, there's obviously AFC Russian and Diamonds that have their like JPL set up. Um, you know, there's A Star Academy of Football in Milton Keynes um as as well. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a bit of competition, but I think more people now are starting to see the value in in what we're doing. So we're hoping that that can hold us in good stead moving forwards.
0: Nice. Good man. Fair play. Sounds great. Um, we'll have to come over and check one of the sessions out at some point. Definitely. Um, we'll, we'll move to you. Obviously, how, how you come to this stage <clears throat> where you got to your own academy. I mean, just looking through your uh, credentials, shall we say. I mean you've you've done all the degrees, isn't you? Uh yeah, it's quite an interesting so I went to
1: I studied at um UCFB, which is now university uh campus, I believe, of football business. It wasn't at That's the time, right. it was University College of uh, of football business. Um and interesting. So there was a, a grassroots um football show that used to go on in Birmingham at the NEC. Um and I used to go there a couple of for a couple of years. Um, unfortunately, it stopped, but it was a really really good show. So you'd have coaches putting on little sessions. You'd have different like football companies. There was like you know like the Challenger Sports were there. Um, I think even Joma had a had a stall there. Oh. Um, as as well. Um, and yeah, it was just really it was really really good. And I'm gutted that they actually stopped it. Um, but yeah, I think I was caught or somebody caught me from UCFB. Um. You know, asked how old I was. I think I was about 15 at the time, 15, 16. And um, yeah, just caught me. And yeah, just I signed up for something. I still to this day don't know what I signed up for, but I pretty (laughs) much signed up for something. And um, yeah, I kind of finished school a little bit. I was think I was at college um, and just sort of wondering what my next steps would be, what route I would, what path I would go down. Um and this and I'm I'm gonna say this in the nicest possible way. UCFB battered me with emails and I mean battered my email inbox uh-huh. um just with you know come for an open day, come for an open day. Um and I think I just got annoyed and my mum said like what's the matter? And I said, This UCFB keep emailing me, Mum. Like and she was like, Well just go and have a look. It might not be for you, but just go and have a look. Um, so yeah, I went they had a I think they were in the process of opening up their Wembley campus at the time. Um so I'd gone and had a look at Wembley. Um, and obviously having a look at Wembley Stadium, there's there's far worse places in the world to kind of have a look around and um and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I ended up having a look around at, at at Wembley. I was actually down to do football business and media um at Wembley. So I thought, right, because I was that kid that used to commentate when they played FIFA.
0: um and
1: I I know there's more of us out there I know there's more people out there um so I was that kid that like I say used to commentate uh when I played FIFA um someone's definitely gonna spam the comments and say how sad that is by the way um so I was down to football business and media um and then I was on an open day um and then they suggested sports or they put up sports business and coaching and I went with my mum I think the first time I went with my dad, and he was just there like, "Yeah, you're gonna have to go with your mother." Um, so I <laughs> ended up going with my mum to Wembley. They mentioned sports business and coaching. We kind of looked at each other because I was actually coaching at that point, um, with Martin White Football Factory. Um, so yeah, I I did say like, "Look, we kind of looked at each other, and it was that look of we're gonna have to go up to up north to Burnley, um, That's where it was at the time, Turf Moor." um and yeah I think looking back it was probably one of the best decisions I made because I moved away from home I was away from all my comforts and you know I think it it's definitely you know made me a part of the person that I that I am today um wow. so yeah study sports business and, and coaching there we did two years at Burnley um so you know you're walking into to turf more every day I think at the time Burnley just got promoted as well so it's like the novelty of walking into a Premier League football stadium like oh, every day. Yeah. Um, nice don't get me concern. wrong, after, yeah, after about three weeks, the novelty does wear off because you are like, well, it's uni. I don't see it as Perth. No. I see it as uni. Um, so, yeah, and then um, we got pulled um, over to the Etihad and everybody was speculating at this point. We were like, okay, what is actually happening? What's going on here? And we got told that the university was moving from Burnley to to Manchester and to the Etihad um so yeah I ended up doing my final year of undergraduate um there uh at, at the Etihad uh the bright lights of Manchester which were sometimes a little bit hard to say no to um <laughs> as 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 I'm sure most young people are, will find out um so yeah I had that and then obviously I came back um You know, had started up doing the coaching again, started doing my my one on ones, that kind of stuff. And yeah, got a phone call from a football media company um, called Football for Football. Um, I interned with those guys um, whilst I was at uni. Absolutely loved it. Like it was pretty much like I I don't know if it was because it was new and it was cool. Like, yeah, I was the one travelling into Manchester to do like an internship for a day um and, and stuff like that so I did feel like the cool sort of teenager bowling into you know to to the student union being like yeah I've just had like a day's work today type of thing to the um and, and stuff like that so yeah I got a call to to see if I wanted the job full-time I couldn't really turn it down and um unfortunately for me it didn't work out um but I'm still in good contact with the with the person now um and yeah I met up with him and I've met up with him several times even since I stopped working for for that company um and yeah so that because that didn't work out I was there like okay what am I going to do um I still had a bit of uh time on a flat that I was renting so I was like right okay what am I going to do now um and then I think I went over to UCFB um and picked up a leaflet and it had a picture of me in the promo material so I'm there like okay, for the for a master's degree so I'm there going right well if I'm in the promo material I've got to kind of go for it <laughs> um so they were they were offering um yeah they were offering out master's degrees in uh, football coaching analysis and I thought do you know what whilst I'm at a bit of a crossroads let's Go back to uni. Let's do a bit of do a bit of more studying, and um, yeah, see see where uh, see where it would take me, um, and see where it would go. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually want to go to university. I think I was playing for Olney Town at the time. Um, anybody that knows Olney? It's a very very nice area, quite a wealthy area, and it was that. It was almost that expectation. I think from like my, my teammates that they were going to go to university, whether they wanted to or not. um so it was a bit like well no I'm not gonna go because I just want to be I don't you know I don't want to go to uni like you know come back with loads of debt and all of this kind of stuff and yeah I've ended up with a master's degree so I don't know how that's worked out um but uh yeah it was just that thing of like just going against the norm I think for me and just going now I'm gonna yeah I'm not gonna go and then like I say I've ended up with a with a master's degree off the off the back of it, but I'm pretty sure now that's my that's my studying, if you like, done done for the moment,
0: You're done for now. Yeah. yeah, masters. I mean, that's us last to have, isn't it? So, yeah. No matter what, I mean, if that's as far as it goes. You have got a master's, which is unreal, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, you've got other awards there, haven't you? Um, looking at your <laughs> MK's most inspiring fitness PT and coach award that you received last year yeah yeah what was that about how did you get nominated for that oh this is quite a funny story actually
1: so um yeah I want to say about February last year um I had a screenshot from a parent who is also my partner's PT um and she had voted for me so she just literally just sent this screenshot through and I'm there like okay yeah nice but what's what's this about like what's it for and she was like do you not know i was like i genuinely have no clue what you're on about right now <laughs> um so she said oh you've been nominated for an award and i was like have i and she was like yeah yeah it's the mk inspirational award um you know it's a, it's quite a good it's like a really prestigious award i think within the area um and and yeah you've been nominated and i was like oh Right. Okay. Um. I'm. Think, I'm trying to watch City Bayern in the Champions League. Um, at this point. Um. Well, that was me gone. I was like, Have you got a link that I could like use or like send out to other people? Because obviously, if I've got nominated, I want to like tell every like. She sent me this link. But that was me for the next two hours, blasting this link out like here, there, and everywhere. Um. And and yeah. So that was that was that. And I genuinely had no. Obviously, didn't know that I got. I got nominated in the first place but I had no idea that I was even you know gonna win so yeah I had the awards night at, at Stadium MK um black tie event and uh wow. yeah it was it was a massive shock because I looked at the people in my category and it was a it was a tough category like there was there's some people there like you had the women's manager for the MK Don's women's team like you had uh, a goalkeeper coach who's done a lot for for the community um, within Milton Keynes been doing it a long time you know there was other people there and I'm just there like okay yeah this is if I win this wow because um, like I say it was a tough category and who I was up against in my eyes held more prestige than me um, but then yeah when the when my name got called out it was yeah shocked but i, I what a what a what a night that was we had a we had a good night um put it that way um yeah, I bet it did, so yeah. and again it was just that recognition for for me in that you know 10 plus years of, or roughly 10 years of hard work and graft and dedication to to my craft had finally kind of been been recognized um for me and now what I'm hoping um to to get now is the the business side of things you know that's got to get recognized or the fact that you know i think i think we've even been nominated for um inspiring team uh this oh. year is in kickoff football academy so yeah fingers crossed that we can uh we can hopefully win that and almost go back to back um with with that so yeah i mean again really really humbled and thank you to Everybody that voted for me last year um and that has voted for me so far this year um and yeah fingers crossed we can we can have another another good um
0: awards night yeah good where can uh where can people vote for you there
1: uh it's on the m k inspirational um awards website um and then you would need to either select best business or um most inspiring uh, local team, I think it is. Um, so yeah, um, that's where that's where people can can find can find that.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll drop that in the uh in the comments of this video as well. Perfect. Uh, go and Perfect. Going now. Um, yeah, talking about you a bit more. Then obviously you said you played there for Olney. Um, did you have much of a playing career before that?
1: Uh, I w- I'd like to say I was all right. I was all right. Obviously played. Um played for a a team when I started I mean I was that again that kid that as soon as I could walk I had a football um you know like most boys dream was to be was to go pro um and and everything else unfortunately that didn't work out so then I went into coaching um like like most um but yeah no I think playing wise started off at a, a team Oldbrook and Monkston although there was a little bit of animosity towards the person that owned it so we never really played any games Um, but again I think it was it was good for me to have that like introduction into football um, because I think without that then I wouldn't have probably gone on the journey that I would have Um, I then left there and, and went to, to MK Wanderers. Um, and then my dad ended up getting roped into being one of the assistant coaches, um, for that, um, which, yeah, I don't think he wanted to sign up for, or, you know, it got put to him. That it was only a couple of hours, a couple of hours a week. Obviously it, it's not, it's, it's almost a full-time job in itself. Um, so yes, played the MK Wanderers, um, and then Wimbledon moved um up from, from South London uh into Milton Keynes. Um and I was fortunate enough to to be training and playing for for Wimbledon at the time. Um and then that changeover from Wimbledon to MK Dons. Again, I was quite fortunate to be um in the academy there. I think I know you had an episode with with Leon Lobjoy, so yeah. Um, yeah, he was in. He, we were in the same team at one point. Um, was, yeah. Talk, yeah, talking sort of like under nines, under tens. But yeah, me and yeah, yeah. me and Leon were were in the same in the same team. We also had um, Lewis Baker, who is yeah. at Stoke. Um, so he was in. He was in our in our team. Another player as well, Claudio Diaz. I think one of the best one of the best players. I think that I've I've, I've played with definitely. Um, I know he he. Still plays, I think. Um, Last time I heard, he was at at Tamworth. Um, Oh, right, nice. So, um, yeah, still playing at at a good level. Um, So, yeah, unfortunately, came out of the academy system, went back into grassroots, never really got back into the academy system. It was more, I think I was the the one that people went, yeah, well, he can't head, he can't tackle, he's too small, he's too slight, can't do this, can't do that. And it just kind of got to me in the end. Um, but yeah, I, st- I mean, I still I st- carried on playing. You know, I went I went back to Wanderers, um, left them, went to Newport Pagnell Town, spent a couple of years there, scored in the cup final against Mortonville at, at Stadium MK. Um, didn't know I scored because ball's been like cleared, and I've just <laughs> smashed it, and it's one of those where you hit it and you go ask Rose Eds right, but might as well turn around and set up again, um, for a goal <laughs> kick from the goal kick. Um, but then I've looked round and I've got my teammates coming towards me I've seen keeper on the floor ball at the back of the net and I'm thinking oh I must have scored here um but yeah unfortunately uh we lost that one in in extra time and then ended up being a bit of a journeyman um in my in my youth days so played for City Colts, Healens Rangers, MK City um and I don't think I actually completed a full season at any of them because my biggest gripe was that I wasn't playing and you know, you'd speak to coaches and be like, "Look, why am I not playing? Why am I not getting minutes?" and and they would just they would just kind of fob me off a little bit, um, right. which was annoying and frustrating. And then I I came across Olney, and I think I actually went to Olney earlier on, but didn't think it was the right move at that time. But then went back to Olney, and it just it was the best again one of the best decisions I think I ever made. It made me, playing only made me fall back in love with playing football again um, no. because I'd been shafted so many times by different coaches and I it was just that, right, Wes, you You know what quality you have, bring it to us and go and express yourself and go and play and that was kind of all I needed really. Um, I didn't, I wasn't obviously interested in, you know, getting back and defending and doing the dirty side of the game, which is... Quite interesting now because if you were to ask me what topic I prefer coaching, it's defending, um, right. as opposed to attacking topics. And I was an attacking player, um, so yeah, I was uh, yeah, just came across playing for Olney and yeah, played in the Milton Keynes MKDDL. Um, then they had a, an 18s team that played in a floodlit league. I think it's the Northants Senior Youth League.
0: Yeah, um, so I don't know. It's good league. Eh? It's
1: still going. Yeah, yeah, I used to yeah, love yeah.
0: it really good quality there now. Yeah, um, so um
1: yeah, I used to love that because I think it was just that novelty of playing under the under the lights. Yeah. Um and you know, as a football fan like, you know, you're seeing your team play under the lights and you know that's special, but playing on um, you know under the lights is 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 a really really special thing. So um and in that and in that time I ended up playing against AFC Russian Diamonds um yeah, which nice. was the first cohort of AFC Russian Diamonds uh, back in 2011. Um when they when they started up um obviously we you know, this the story of, of what happened there with, with Russian and Diamonds itself. Um yeah. so they obviously started the Phoenix Club and yeah, was really, really fortunate to to play against them in front of quite a big crowd, um and had a good game as well. And I think the manager shouted me out after the game as well, which was uh which was quite nice. I think I was at college at the time and uh yeah, me, me tutor had um pulled it up and then nice. showed it showed it in front of everybody. Um Again, I think the college days for me were really tricky because, again, I think I struggled to make that transition from junior football into, you know, that college football and in, into um, into kind of men's football. I think I struggled with that transition um, when I was at college, but I learned so much in terms of – and I think that shaped me in terms of some of my values now that I take into coaching – um so yeah, come through uh only played North Bucks um as as well on a Saturday. That was interesting. So playing that at sort of sixteen, seventeen. Um, you know, you're you're playing against men that men in particular, but those that have been out on a on a Friday and you know, it's the ball or you that are getting passed, not both. Um, but again, really, really enjoyed enjoyed my time there. Um and then got opportunity to play in the Only Towns Reserves and even had a little oh, I had a little cameo in the first team away at um Odeby um right. as well, I had a little cameo um there. Um but yeah, I think mainly played in the reserves um and yeah, loved it. Like I say, gave me that love and joy to to play football again. And yeah, like I say, it was and I think a coach that again I think I owe a lot of credit to is Ryan Hill, who's who works at Northampton town. Um stumbled across him at, at Olney and yeah, again he just said to me, Wes, you go out and play, you do what you you need to do, we'll get the ball to you. Um, you know what you're doing, because I think he knew that I was again doing a little bit of coaching um as as well on the side. Um and he just said, Yeah, look, you do what you gotta do, we'll get the ball to you. And once you get the ball, you just do your stuff. And I just needed that freedom to just go and play. And, and he gave that to me, and I felt like I'd seen pretty much enough of the game by 18 but then you know Ryan came in and and just opened my eyes to new ways of training and training sessions became fun again and you know I felt like I was learning and I think we had a really really good team it was unfortunate um, that we couldn't stay for a little bit longer I think Ryan himself had to leave due to other commitments and um, you know, I think majority of the lads stayed, but then I think it's sort of the turn of the year. Um, especially at that level, you see a big turnover of, of player, and I think that definitely happened. And um I then ended up not playing um and was getting really, really frustrated. Um, because I think I went for a spell of about two months, maybe two and a half months, where I was just coming off the bench being an impact player. But then yeah. all the lads in the in the bars and stuff after the game would say like, Yeah, well done, Wes, you did really, really well today. And even the manager would say, like, oh, I thought you did well when you came on. So you're going, yeah. okay, well, surely that's got to stand stand me in good stead then to start the following game. And it never really came. And I think we we ended up playing against Urchester, um, and we took an absolute tank in that night. It was a bad one. Um so I think we lost seven one. Um and yeah, I think again, uh Mr. Beeman um sort of uh-huh. Mr UCL himself um yeah. shouted me out on a on a match report and made a made a, an approach um for me to go to go over to Urchester. and yeah it was again I had a fresh start i think it was just before um i kind of went back to uni i think or i was just going to uni at that time um cuz i took a year out before going so yeah in that year out towards that sort of end of season I I, I ended up going to Urchester and yeah a little bit different for me ended up playing wing back a lot of the times and I hated it right. I'll be honest I the, don't
0: know what who was the manager at the time
1: Beeman, um, oh, Beeman. The Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah Christ knows what he saw to put me at wing back because um, yeah running up and down up and down was never my never my thing but give me the ball and I'll try and do something yeah. Um so yeah, I spent a little bit of time there. We had a good group. Um, people like Chris Gell, um, who was there, um, and Jeff Busby, you know, some real sort of old experience heads, and then there was some there was some young lads that came through as well. Uh Lukman Abdullah um was one who, who was sort of in and around my age. Um and like I say, yeah, we had uh Chris Love as well. Um so yeah, good a really good set of lads. Um and I think I played my last game before I went to uni against Olney, actually. So it was quite sentimental. Um, and yeah, that was a, that was a good game. Um, and then went off to uni. And then um, I think I did a summer out in America in my first year at uni, came back second year, um, signed on again. It wasn't really in my best interest really to kind of continue playing. But um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was Jelly to be fair um, and, and Lenny. Um, that kind of convinced me to to sign on. So I signed on for a little bit, but didn't really play um, many games. And I think I sort of came back um, and, and, and stuff like that after being at uni and, yeah, signed on for Urch and it, it didn't work out. Um, I think there was a few other things that I had. I think I had uh, a few other things going on and over the spell of a couple of weeks and then never really got back into it. Obviously, I couldn't train much because I was coaching. Um and yeah. I made that clear to to Jell to um and just said, like, look, I'm obviously I'm coaching and I'm gonna have to coach on the days that we're training because that's how I've got to make my living. Um he understood that, um, which was nice. Um but yeah, it it I never really never really um got back into the team. And I think the the frustrating thing for me was we went away to born. Now, if anybody knows about Born Away," they know it's an absolute mission, especially from like Milton Keynes as well. It's obviously a little bit further um but I know obviously from the like Northamptonshire point of view, it's still a bit of a way um and we went to yeah we went to Bourne and I'm looking round and um i'm look and I had to convince Joel, I'm like five foot six, slight as anything, and I've had to say to Joel, by the way, my legs are on the way out, but um you're gonna have to play me in the middle if you want to try and get the most out of them um so yeah I think we played born away I'm looking around and I'm there like I might be involved for shout here um to to start the game and I started on the bench and I think that was the point for me where I was like you know what probably writing's on the wall that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get um much much game time and subsequently I think it was after that really I had a couple of other things going on like you know like uh weddings and stuff like that I had to go and yeah. attend and And stuff like that. So yeah, I think after that, I didn't really, didn't really um, play much after that. And yeah, Yeah. do I do I miss playing? Uh, That was a question that got asked of me a lot, um, especially as I pretty much transitioned out of playing. Like, do you miss playing? Do you miss playing? And I was there like, do you know what? I probably don't, um, because I'm just so focused on coaching and building that up. So. Um yeah, I think there was a couple of players that I've been and watched and I was like, yeah, I don't I don't miss it any anymore. You know, I have I have same. flirted, I have flirted with the idea of making a comeback, but I think it would take a lot um a lot for me to to do that because uh yeah, I haven't kicked the ball now in a a little while. Um so yeah, it'll be six, seven years I think since I last kicked the ball properly. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, and and then alongside that, obviously, my body tells me when it's when it's time to stop. Um, so I've got quite bad calf muscles, so they tighten up to a point where they'll cramp. Um, but right. it's not a cramp that you just go, yeah, you're done, right, off you go. Um, like like when they cramp, that's that's it, that's time, it's it's game over. And um, and I think my body's just giving up on me. I've had problems with knees recently. Um, you know when I've been teaching. Um, you know, done my knees a couple of times. Um done my hamstring on a coaching course as well. So that pinged. That was nice. Right. Uh, I was trying to trying to relive my youth on a on a particular session and my hamstring just told me that he didn't like it. Um so yeah, my body's my body's uh, telling me it's time to it's time to stop, I think. Right. So yeah, just stick to coaching and I think I'll be
0: all right. right. Yeah, I know you feel is not not agreeing with my knees, to be honest. So <laughs> I am with you on that. Um just backtracking slightly, you said you went to America there for a summer. Um yeah. I had a little scroll for your Instagram and I see you in a British soccer kit. Did you play much over there? I didn't play, no, that was through um Challenger Sports.
1: Um so they came right. and done a recruitment uh day at uni. Um and then they came back um for us basically to do our interviews. But the, the worst thing was um it was our refreshers uh time at uni. Um and I was I was obviously a first year, so you know, it's that back into like, right back at uni after Christmas, like, right, we're, we're going out. Uh, I think that was the good thing about my university as well. It was it was small at the time. It's, it's grown massively now, but it was really small at the time. So, you know, I would I would know things about third year students. I would know like their name, where they're from, what football team they support, what course they were on, what they were looking to do like going forward. Um, but I would know that about the majority of the third years and the second years as well um and I think we were we were on a night out in Manchester the night before um and I think we actually bumped into Chris Powell believe it or not um in 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 nightclub in Manchester so there was a few of us from the 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 uni team and we got him in and yeah got him in our our team photo which was quite funny Mm -hmm. um he absolutely loved it and then I think yeah the next day I was running off not a lot of sleep because I didn't drink too much the the night before so um yeah I uh yeah, wasn't on much sleep. Um, but yeah, past the interview, I think, with with Flying Colours. And yeah, then I, I think it was around the Easter time. We went for like a training weekend at Warwick University. Um and yeah, that was that was interesting. So obviously those coaches were putting on sessions for us um to pick up little things along the way, and you knew and you could see those coaches that hadn't really planned much. Um, because they were, they literally like took what the what the uh, you know the coach that are already going out there, um, what they were doing um, and and stuff like that. So yeah, I think my session was completely different, and it was like it was almost that like fifty different ways to dribble. And I think in the end, because we had to join in in the sessions, like us us we got bored of hearing the same same old same old same. Old. And I think the 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 sort of regional directors and the returner coaches um, that were there also got tired and fed up of hearing the same thing. So in my mind, I was always going to do a passing session. So I did it and it was as if like, I'd, you know, invented something brand spanking new. They, they, they absolutely loved it and um, not to blow smoke or blow my own trumpet, but I was the, I think I was the first person to get a handshake from The regional directors um on that on that training weekend um so yeah i did i did a summer out in uh denver in the denver region so that's like colorado utah um salt lake you know sort of out there um and yeah absolutely loved it i'd put it up there as one of the best summers of uh of my life really because um you know you're 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 traveling the world doing a job that you love in your and and stuff like that and you're seeing a different part of the world new country um you know you you got to stay with a host family that would that would seriously look after you um like nothing was ever too much trouble um and it was the year that the year that Spurs were out playing the MLS um all-stars
0: um and I got
1: told about it literally as I landed pretty much so I've gone in met one of the people that was going to take me um somewhere and yeah, it was like, Oh, did you know that um Spurs are playing the MLS All Stars? And I was there like, no, but I do now. Um, and I need to get a ticket. Um, so one of the host families, um I think I was going banging on about this game for ages and my mum was sending me like links to try and get tickets that weren't happening, and I'm there like, You're joking, like my team are on my doorstep because they were played in Colorado at the Colorado Rapids Stadium. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods Park, I think it's called. Um, but they were literally on my doorstep, and it was like, I'm not going to be able to see them. Like, are I'll you winding snap. me up? Um, type of thing. So, yeah, I was staying with the host family. I've gone out to do a camp. I think we we're back late one night because of uh, thunder and lightning. Um, so standard procedure for that is you've got to wait 15 minutes, um, for it to sort of pass over. Um, I've come back home, and um, yeah, the. I've explained, like, look, I said, look, really sorry, I'm late. I had to, you know, um, extend the camp a little bit because um, we did a camp in the evening. um, So it was like, look, I had to, you know, do, um, we had to stay because Thunder and Lightning. He was like, yeah, no, that's fine. And the dad has got uh, his laptop on this, like, footstool. And I was going, look, I'm just going to, you know, grab a shower and uh, and kind of get settled for the night. And he was like, before you go, um, I need to talk to you. So I'm thinking, right, okay, what have I done here? Like what <laughs> you know, have I maybe said something to one of his one of his kids that he didn't particularly like or or whatever? Um, and he spun his laptop around on this footstool and it was a website to get me tickets for oh. the game. And I was there like, wow. Um, because I think he was in the military. I think he still is actually, but he's in the military. So yeah, it was this particular website where he's able to get tickets. And I'm there like, oh. wow. Wow! So obviously, then I got to I got to go and and see my team play, um, you know, in a, in a different country, um, which was which was a new experience for me as well, um, nice. and yeah, no, like I say, it was brilliant. Uh, you know, staying with with families that really really looked after, looked after us, uh, and, and and me in particular. Um, kind of met my American twin, as I call him because um, we just hit it off it was literally like it was the same th- it was questions of like are you a Messi or Ronaldo fan I'd say like oh I'm more Messi for me and he's like yeah me too me too and it was like it was just freaky the amount that we had in common so um, and you know I have stayed in touch with the family um, over the years and you know he's come over um, to right. England a couple of times so um, yeah showed him a few of the sites of sort of like Milton Keynes and you know took him to a Premier League game as well. Um, oh. We did like tours of, um, I think we did a tour of Old Trafford. Um, we had a little bit of a look around Wembley Stadium and, and stuff like that as well. Like obviously took him to London, like Oxford Street, um, all of that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, no, that was uh, that was good. And then That's I think good. there was another summer that he came over and um, he ended up kind of working with, with me um, when I was working with Martin White Football Factory. So he kind of had like an extra an extra body on the camp and he uh he absolutely loved it um as well so uh yeah no it was uh it was a really really good summer um and I think for me personally turned me from a from a boy to a man because I think if there was any problems it was like right I've got to sort this out myself now whereas I think before it was like mum dad like how how do I go about you know sorting this out a little bit um so yeah it kind of turned me from a from a boy to a man I think um and yeah i me personally, I'd recommend it to to any young person that is uh wanting to to especially coaches. Um, I'd definitely recommend like a summer out in out in America, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, nice. <laughs> that sounds sounds like like you say, class time over there. Michael's uh, my done it. To be fair, he's moved over to Austria. Oh, nice! All he does is three hours a day coaches in a in American school coach yeah. his kids for it and then he's going to rest of the day to him so it's, uh, he's yeah. got a class off over there to be fair <laughs> um, You touched on Spurs there, you mentioned it before, you got your, your <clears throat> uh, host on a podcast Yes um, Is it a Tottenham, solely Tottenham podcast, is it? Um, it
1: The podcast was solely Tottenham um, and then We did a episode uh, around Christmas sort of speaking about our like January wish list or our wish list for Santa basically Um, and I went into quite a bit of detail um, on it so I think it was due to the fact that you know when I was doing my master's degree I interned at Coventry City um, in the recruitment department again absolutely loved it so yeah I was a bit like a bit geeky and kind of going like right here's who uh, Spurs could potentially sign. Here's their like market value and giving a little bit of an insight into into the player um, and almost me giving my rationale as to why I think Spurs should sign them. Um, and then I got a message from uh, from the host. Uh, shout out Holly Agambar. Um So she does Holly's Hot Spurs on a on a Monday night. Um, and then she said, "Look, I want to make the Wednesday like your thing because you've got the you know you've got the knowledge there, and I want you to kind of." express it a little bit so we had a bit of a bit of a chat over christmas um and yeah just started to um delve a little bit more into the tactical side of the game um and really like breaking things down so i know we did the first two episodes we did we i think the first one was more um like breaking down how spurs set up and the reasons behind that and and why that's the case um i think the one we did um Recently, was on uh, the relationship between Man City's wingers and fullbacks, um, especially in the in the game that they played against Newcastle. So trying to not just stick to Spurs, but make it a bit more general, a bit more generalised, but still trying to have that element of Tottenham in there because obviously it is like a Tottenham. It's mainly a Tottenham uh, fan base that will that will tune in. So yeah, I think like I say, the recent one we looked at the relationship between City's wingers and fullbacks from there. From their recent game against Newcastle, and then it was a case of well, actually, Spurs' next game is Man City in the Cup. You know how are Spurs going to look to combat combat that, or is it a case of you know Pep maybe having something up his sleeve? So no, it's been good to um, obviously have that particular show. Um, obviously talking about Tottenham, um, and then obviously now recently just uh, breaking things down in a bit more detail for for different people.
0: Nice, uh, obviously a big Spurs fan. You were at uh, Old Trafford Sunday, weren't you? I was, I was, yeah. Um have a season ticket with my dad, so
1: go as uh, often nice. as I can. I think there's a few yeah. games that I've had to miss out on this year, um, because, you know, the lovely T V companies have moved our games to like Friday nights or Monday nights and I can't always go, or if it's on a Wednesday because we have another session uh, that we do on a Wednesday, so chances are I can't I can't make it. Um so there's a few that I have missed um in, in my time being a season ticket holder, um or whether it's been moved to a Sunday but then you know, I've been booked up with one-on-ones and I've got a full day, so it's a lot then to, you know, reschedule. Um, yeah. But, yeah, try and go as often as I can. And, yeah, Old Trafford on Sunday was uh, was brilliant. I think it was up there with the best atmosphere in the away end that I've experienced in, uh, in a while. Um, I was at the Etihad and, yeah, it was nice to obviously get Nick an equaliser and it felt like a win with that last-minute sort of equaliser. Um, but I think it was just everybody was just so cold at the Etihad. Um it didn't quite make for for a good atmosphere. Um, because I think people just like, oh, it's too cold, it's too cold, get me home, get me home, like yeah, get this yeah. done. Um and and stuff like that. I was also at Burnley earlier on in the season and Burnley actually had sunshine um for for a change. Um uh, <laughs> living rare. up there, yeah, living up there for a couple of years. I know it was uh it wasn't always forthcoming. Um and again, like, I I love I love Burnley as a as a place obviously it's close to my heart um with the university link and, and stuff like that so yeah me and my dad try and make a thing of going to Burnley away as 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 much as we can um and and stuff like that so yeah we went to Burnley away and again cracking result for us uh, decent atmosphere but I'd probably say Old Trafford was the best one that we've had in a long time because um you know I think the 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 vibe was good we were singing pretty pretty much for the majority of the game um, and I think we've we've come away with a with a cracking result and a cracking performance to go with it.
0: Yeah, I think obviously when Holland scored, as people know, I'm a United fan. Hoyland scored in the first was it two minutes? I thought oh, it's going to be a cracking game. But to be fair, Tottenham Man United always is a good game, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, I was at the reverse fixture earlier on in the
1: season, and I think it wasn't so much of you know in that reverse fixture of Tottenham outplaying Man United. It was more of the fact that we outran. Man United and I think yeah. that's what then led to led to us getting the victory Um but I think obviously the way Ange just got Tottenham playing um, in such a short space of time is just absolutely ridiculous like it's enjoyable now going to the games whereas I think previously it was starting to become a bit of a chore and it was like okay we know we're going to surrender the ball and it's get it to Kane see what he can do, um, and then we'll we'll go from there. Um whereas now it's like we're we're playing front foot attacking football. And it's almost like, like brand of football that, you know, like my dad would say, This is this is, you know, what I grew up watching. Um and you yeah. you know, your dad would always say, like, yeah, Tottenham is a team, always on the attack, always front foot football. We might not always win every, anything or any everything, but we'll we'll go and attack and we'll always have a go. And I think that is that has definitely come back um, to us um, as a as a football team and a football club, and yeah, it's just it's just so refreshing now.
0: Do you think he's right in saying uh, his sort of management style that he's got this style of play? And you know, if a game's going the wrong way and it's not going for you, he doesn't seem to change it. He sticks to his sticks to his guns and you know sticks <laughs> to his style of play.
1: Yeah, I think the the don't get me wrong. I was obviously I was at the Brighton game as well. That was a that was a stinker. Um and I think the Wolves away game. I didn't go to the game, but I watched it and that was a bad one. Um but I think the Wolves one was more okay, we've gone one-nil up, we're reverting back to spurs of the last four or five years of like get a goal up, sit on it. Um the the Brighton one was I think with bad day at the office. Uh the Chelsea one was interesting for me because I've never known anybody to try and defend with nine men on the halfway line. It no. still baffles my brain <laughs> now as to why. Why he's ha- why he's done that, but um, yeah, I think with Ange, it's not so much having Plan B or Plan C or whatever. It's we've got Plan A and make Plan A better. So it's a little bit similar to Bielsa in in that respect of okay, if Plan A doesn't work well, then we've just got to make it better. So it does work, um, and it is very some would say stubborn in sticking to principles um, and and everything else. But I think as a player, you know that you're that you're going into any game and going right well no matter what the score is or who we're playing like the opponent we're going to play a certain way and yeah i think it it does give clarity to players um the lack of adaptability is something i think that's always going to be questioned um but i think the message is clear like this is who we are and this is what we're going to do and yeah bring on bring on anybody um, and we're still going to create chances. We're still going to, you know, have a go at, at a team and, um, you know, whether we are, you know, 3 4 nil down. Like I say, the Brighton game, I know it finished 4-2, but that could have easily finished 6 all. Um and Spurs mm. could have actually nicked a point. Um, we had a few good chances towards the end of the game in particular. So it's like, well, we've just been battered by Brighton for, you know, 75 minutes, 80 minutes. And then all of a sudden we like, we want to start turning up and, you know, trying to get back into the game and, you know, could have easily done it. So um, it's exciting, um, but yeah, there's going to be bumps in the road. I think every every club's going to have them um, no matter what style of football you play, but it's it's been an interesting watch to see that transition and almost see, a, I wouldn't say a new coach because Andrew's been about a while, but a new coach coming into the Premier League in particular and just, Going at it of like right, this is me, this is who I am, and if you're not, if you don't like
0: it, tough. Does it make it even more sweeter that you got some stick about where he's coming from? Obviously, Celtic, and you know he's been over in Japan, and you know some people are sort of writing him off before he even started. Yeah, I was, I, was,
1: I wouldn't say I wrote him off,
0: but um,
1: yeah, I think I have again appeared on a few podcasts sort of over the summer, and it was more of a case of that the the view I took was if he turned up it's the job of his life because yeah. it's very unlikely he's going to get a job this prestige with this prestige, um, again. Um, and it was that underwhelmed, but from a fan point, it was, it was a little bit underwhelming to begin with, because we'd been linked with Nagelsmann. we have been linked with Pochettino coming back and, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, he's come in and he's just been an absolute breath of fresh air. And, you know, like I say, he's just been brilliant. He's got everybody on side straight away. Um, and it's, you know, he wants to be at Tottenham and he wants to succeed at Tottenham. Like he, it, I think the last couple of managers that we had, it was almost like they were doing us a favour by being here. And it's like, you need me more than I need you. Whereas, and just gone, no, look, I want to bring success to the football club and whatever, whatever way that looks like. Um, And I want to, I want to do it in like I want to do it my way and I want to make sure that, you know, the fans can come and enjoy seeing their seeing their team and yeah, my word, are we are we enjoying it at the minute?
0: Oh good. I was watching one of your videos there. Um I think it was last night's recording, um, talking about Man City. And I got yeah. something from the end of it um that you said about your Dembele fan account. Is that <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, the unofficial Moose
1: Dembele um fan account. So Um, Yeah, anybody that knows me that knows my love for for Moussa Dembele, he is my goat. He's like the greatest of all time, probably the best that I've seen um, wearing a Spurs shirt. And obviously I've seen, you know, Gareth Bale, Raphael Vaart, Aaron Lennon was my idol, Um, you know, Luka Modric, um, players like that. But Moussa Dembele was just unbelievable as a footballer. Like I've never known anybody to be so strong on the ball, but Could dance past you at a moment in a in a flash, Um, and yeah, like I've seen him glide past Prime Yaya Touré when Yaya Touré was ripping up the Premier League. You know, I've seen him handle Shaka Ozil and Wilshere in a North London derby at Wembley, like all on his own. Um, And yeah, like I say, for me, the the probably the most gifted player that I've seen wearing wearing a Spurs shirt on a consistent. Um, on a consistent basis so yeah I think yeah for me Moose is Moose is my go and yeah, yeah I, I if I could if I could rewind the clock and get my playing boots on and be anybody it was it was it would have been Moose Dembele like I say oh. Lennon was my idol growing up because I played on the wing um, and it was an easy sort of comparison you know small mixed race lad on the wing um, that kind of thing although you know loads of people tried to uh, call me Theo Walcott um, as as well, which was really annoying. Um, so yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> being a Spurs fan,
1: yeah, yeah, but no, Moose, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just an unbelievably technically gifted footballer. Um, and I think it was the anniversary of him leaving us yesterday, or yeah, uh, in twenty nineteen. Um, and I, I think you know every player that's played with him says he's the best player they've ever played with. Um, and you know, like people like De Bruyne would say, yeah, I'd have him in my five-a-side team. Um, like all day, um, and and stuff like that. So, and I think even Kieran Trippier turned around and said, "If we didn't sell Moussa Dembélé, we'd have won the Champions League final." Like that's how good, that's how good he he, he was. So
0: yeah, Moose for me was just unplayable. Ah, oh, fair play, fair play. Um, before we go, we'll just um, we'll, we'll touch on your academy there, kick kick off football academy one more time. Um, just let us know where we can get in get in touch and where we can find you and. How we can get involved yeah so kickoff football academy
1: um or at kofa mk uh across all the different um social media platforms so that's uh instagram facebook uh tiktok um and youtube as well um like i say we we run lots of different sessions catering for different ages um and abilities as well um boys and girls um are welcome as well um we don't tend to um, just pigeonhole ourselves into only working with one type of demographic you know I think we we see everybody as a footballer and if you're coming with us you are a footballer and you want to develop and we just want to help you um, along the way and along your your footballing journey so yeah if we can do that in, in any way then uh, then yeah please get in touch um, and we would love to love to help you
0: no uh, good man like you said we'll drop all the uh, all the information in our comments as well Um appreciate your time mate um, hopefully we'll get a few people up to your sessions.
1: Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah, thank you for having good me man. as well. It was, uh, it
0: was nice. No, good man, I appreciate your time, um, and I'll, I'll see, see you again soon. Yes, take care. See you soon. Stop, man, thanks a lot.